When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We gotta talk about bacon. You know, there's a meat that we are very fond of on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And that meat is bacon. Bacon! And Bradley, there's more than enough bacon to go around these days, right? Apparently, and um, some astute listeners and friends have been sending me this article about bacon. Apparently, there is a glut. Of bacon, in fact, a backup of bacon, uh, back it up, bacon in Minnesota, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute, aren't we living in a time of scarcity where like nobody can get anything on a damn shelf? Yeah, you anymore? can't get flour, you can't get your yeast, you can't get nothing. Apparently, you can't get mayo. Right? Like, weird. Anyway, apparently, you can get a lot of bacon. Um, and here's why: it turns out, and this is fascinating. There's an article in the Star Tribune. Um, with the headline, with restaurants closed, a bacon backup is building in Minnesota and hog prices are plunging. Oh, I don't know. Plunging hog prices. I know. Um, pork futures or whatever they're called. Pork belly futures. <laughs> I mean, I like pork in my future. Okay. And I'm a pass. <laughs> and I'm a present. Nonetheless, um, it turns out about two thirds of bacon sales in this country happen in restaurants. So we get most of our bake. Most of the bacon we eat is actually in restaurants, which is kind of fascinating. Um, and what that also means then is because all of the restaurants, for the most part, with the exception of the ones that are um, doing delivery and takeout, haven't been ordering the same amounts of bacon that they have. And two thirds is a lot. That's right? a lot of bacon. That's two thirds. Right. Of all the bacon. Does that surprise you that the majority of bacon eating happens in restaurants? I guess I just never gave it much thought. I didn't either. Yeah. But when I take a look at my own bacon behaviors. I don't buy bacon on a I regular basis. Yeah. I think that the majority of my own bacon eating also happens in restaurants. It's a treat, right? Yeah. Um, it's like pig candy. Yeah. I used to buy bacon on a regular basis way more often, and I don't really as much anymore. But now I feel like we should. So everybody, uh, go get a pound of bacon. Add it to your list because we want to keep our Minnesota uh, pork producers in production. Yeah, uh-huh. and also, by the way, freezes well. Yes, this is the thing. In fact, there's actually a lot of fascinating uh, information in this story. There's if you a got lot a lot of bacon information. If you got any good bacon recipes, by the way, give us a jingle. 651-641-1071. Um, because I would like to make some bacon this weekend, perhaps, although I did not put it on my list. So maybe next yeah, week. Your odds are pretty low. Um, then. <laughs> but here's what I will say. Um, stuff an extra pound or two of bacon in the freezer, as with all your other meats, because in this article, it talks about 
the disruptions to the food supply that will probably begin to happen on occasion, depending on whether or not, um, like the people producing the food actually come down with COVID-19. And they Ah. talk specifically about some of the production plants that have had to shut down temporarily because of, um, you know, like employees testing positive for COVID-19. So, you know, if you want to make sure that you have access to bacon whenever you want it, you might want to throw an extra pound or two. And by the way, the pork producers of Minnesota would prefer that you, you know, pick up an extra pound or two right now because it would help, um, you know, the industry. Yeah, like if everybody got a pound of bacon. Can I tell you to... um, Move some pigs. uh, Right, exactly. Also, not just bacon, but apparently other pork products like pork chops and ribs are are also... We, most of those uh, are eaten at restaurants too. So pick up an extra rack of ribs. Okay. And... um, I did just get a shoulder today. Nice. I love a good pork shoulder. Or a butt. Oh, I I looked for a butt. There weren't any butts. What about a ham hock? Ugh. Good ham hocks for beans. Yeah, mm-hmm. all them dry goods you got in your thing make some ham hockey goodness. What? I just appreciated how that sentence was structured. Uh, all them dry goods you got in your thing. Okay. Cabinet, pantry, <laughs> etc. Anyway. Um, also, back to the subject of bacon. I was trolling through my Liberace cookbook the okay. other day. Also a sentence I love. And I came across... Because you have a Liberace cookbook. I mean, Liberace's cookbook was... A, I think this one was actually a gift from a listener. Liberace cookbook, which I think you can still get, although in this time you cannot because the Liberace Museum is closed. But I think the Liberace Museum sells the cookbook. Um, and specifically, I came across the laziest recipe... I don't know why I feel like they're all going to be lazy mm-hmm. in that cookbook. They're not, though. Like, he's got some, like, bizarrely complicated things. Does he cook liver? Yeah. Oh, of course. There's, <laughs> yeah. like, weird-ass, like, old people food. Like, cabbage. Okay. I mean, I love cabbage. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, like, I only appreciated that after the age of 40. Right. Um. But he had a bacon recipe for bacon canapes. Okay. It literally was you take a pound of bacon... Okay. You stick it in a pot. Okay. As it begins to cook, you pull the pieces apart. Okay. And they get all crispy. And then you take the crispy pieces of bacon and you put them in a bowl lined with paper towel or linen. Okay, so it's just And then you hand it to people and It's just bacon then. <laughs> and also the serving suggestion says serve 6 to 12. What? Or a pound of bacon. No. Mm-mm. Negative. Um, is there any other? There's no other ingredient. Of that? Zero. It is literally put bacon in heavy pot, and then apparently, if you pull, like you let it heat up in a big hunk, you can pull off one piece at a time, and it'll get curly. Oh, okay. So you're not supposed to tear it apart like you normally do when you lay your bacon out. On no, your you sheet. literally okay. dump a the pound, of bacon pound of bacon. Okay. Into a kettle. Why do I want to try it suddenly? I mean, go for it. But I'm like, dude, that's just bacon. (laughs) There's nothing recipe about that. He also has recipes for um, such delightful things as, oh, God, I love all of the like, um, the like ethnic food, quote unquote. Uh Oh, boy. You know, like the Italian dishes Mm. and the um, Chinese dishes. Oh, gosh. 
his sticky bun recipe is like it's just Pillsbury Crescent dough <laughs> with butter and sugar. Hey, I love it. Yeah. Gotta I mean, make it, a it'll living. pass. It'll yeah. pass. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. Anyway, so that the, the bacon thing was on my mind, and I was like, oh well, hey, here's a use for bacon. Cook it. Perfect. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, you may be wondering what's going to happen with all this backlog of television uh, this summer. Well, Bradley's got some thoughts and ideas about that. He'll share it, share with us after this on my talk. One Oh seven one. It's the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk. One Oh seven one streaming live at my talk. One Oh seven one.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. I love Bye. that. Dua Lipa. Uh, hey, uh, Bradley, you've got some details on what's going to happen to TV, uh, you know, as we sort of wade through this time of social distancing. Yes. In fact, um, there are two stories I want to share. One is about something CBS is doing. And I don't know if you're uh, a fan of a show called All Rise. I don't know. It's a drama series. Oh, I mean, how much network TV are we watching? Zero. Uh, but well, I, I imagine a lot of our listeners do watch CBS. And um, if you watch All Rise, you're in good... Uh, in, or here's some good news for you. <laughs> they are going to produce a virtual episode themed on what we're all currently dealing with, the oh. COVID-19 pandemic. And they're going to do it in a way that begins to answer this question that I've had for a while now, um, which is, what are television networks broadcast network's going to do in the time of COVID-19. Sure, there's a lot of stuff on the shelf, but what are they going to do for new content? Well, here's something CBS is going to do with this drama series. In fact, they're going to shoot footage in actors' homes. They're going to use a lot of uh, video effects to create backgrounds and stuff. Um, In the first episode of a primetime scripted series to be produced while social distancing, they're going to use things like FaceTime, WebEx, and Zoom. Um, and the episode in particular that this is going to air in like May, the first week of May. So hopefully just as we're all about to be less quarantined as we currently are, hopefully fingers crossed, maybe anyway, the episode, uh, of this courtroom drama, which is based in LA is going to feature characters that are dealing with COVID-19 and the shelter in place rules and how the pandemic has affected the criminal justice system. So they even have like the whole episode ready to go. It's kind of crazy. That is really interesting. And to me, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. The, where my brain immediately goes is like that. The moving parts to put that together. I cannot even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because especially for people who are used to working in the same room together. Right. It's easy to get a lot of stuff done when you're all in the same room together. Um but to to first of all be planning that distantly and then putting it all together, directing it, producing all of that distantly, that's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Like and I it, want the documentary on that. Um, and no doubt we'll probably be treated to, you know, stories about how this is all working at some point when right. we get on the other side. Um, in addition to the actors doing the filming in their homes, they're gonna have a cinematographer who's gonna shoot from a vehicle. Footage of the deserted streets in and around L.A. Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, somebody's directing this. It's been written already. It's going to air, as I said, May 4th on CBS. Um, And they're not the only ones. Um, Then very, I don't know, like a day later or so, The Hollywood Reporter um, put out this article about what all the broadcast broadcast networks are doing in the midst of COVID-19. And it's a fascinating read because it really does say, like, what are the different things you can do to get content out to televisions 
uh, television screens when you literally can't let people come together to yeah. do their job, right? Yeah. And for each network, it's really different. Um, and you can read it on your own if you want, because I could spend like a 20 minutes going through every network and what they're doing. But it really is sort of a like a a cornucopia of options. Like some networks are really well poised for this moment in that they have tons of content sitting on shelves waiting to be broadcast. Others don't. Um, they might take fall shows, for example, and, and air them during the summer. Oh, sure. Hoping that they'll get time to come up with something for the fall. Other networks are taking shows, uh, and I think Fox is on this list, shows that they have, um, that they would have aired it in the summer and saving them for the fall in case, you know, there's a huge, um, a huge donut, right? Like that they're not yep. able to create content this summer. You know what is so funny about that is like back when, when I, when we were kids, you never had any new content in the summer period. It was never a question, yeah. right? Like we just watched reruns all summer long. Yep. And the the TV season was from fall, September through like May. Yeah. And then and then we just got reruns and yeah. we were like fine and we liked it. And a lot of um <laughs> there are a lot of reruns and in fact some networks are and I'm trying to remember which network was like real rerun heavy. Um I don't remember. Um it doesn't matter. But that's an option, too, that they might just be real rerun heavy because apparently some reruns have been performing very well in this moment. Interesting. Like game shows. We talked a little bit about that. I oh, think, yeah. Before. There was like a huge spike in Let's Make a Deal. Yep. Um, like CBS, for example, has some shows in the can like they've got a whole series of Amazing Race ready to go, but they don't have new seasons of Big Brother or Love Island. Um, NBC, like, you know how we talked about the Olympics? Yep. Um, and there's going to be like a uh, like Olympic special reruns. rerun of Olympics. They already have 85 hours of previously accounted for Olympics programming to schedule. Oh, wow. So they're expected to keep three. Um, so they've got a lot of time or a lot of stuff to fill, to right? Fill. Because yeah. they were supposed to cover this with, with the Olympics. So some of that obviously is going to be the Olympic reruns. But they're also, and here's something I th found particularly fascinating, a lot of these networks have streaming partners, right? right. So like ABC has... Hulu. Um, well, presumably... Right? Oh. Disney, right? Because Disney oh, owns yeah. everything. Sure, yep, yep, yep. Um, so some of these networks will be able to work with their streaming partners to to borrow content that would normally get streamed and put it on... Their actual network program shows exactly or channels um you know like i guess this happened in a lot of the the uh what's the word i'm looking for the example for this was learned during the writer's strike um a number of years ago you'll yeah. remember there was a huge writer's strike and um networks had to get really creative on what content to put out so the thing that i find interesting too is that you know as soon as we're able to kind of and i'm putting this in very loose quotes because who knows what normal will look like. Yeah. But when we are able to kind of come back together and, and have some more business as usual-ish, um, there's going to be like a boom of, first of all, because people who have maybe been laid off may have had some time for creative stuff. Yeah. That they have, there's probably been a lot of writing taking place, a lot of 
ideas. I bet, you know, once pilot season rolls around again, there's going to be no shortage of great ideas. Probably some of them responding to what we're going through right now. Yeah. Um, You know, it's hard because right now a lot of people not able to work. My hope is that when the floodgates are able to open again, there will be a lot of opportunities. Well, yeah, you for hope that there's the same number of platforms. Right. The, the, the scary true. thing would be if the advertising goes away, that some of those platforms might not be able to persist. Fingers strange, crossed. Strange times, y'all. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have dumb people doing dumb things to tell you about crazy, stupid idiots. Here. After this, on my talk 1071. Well, then, I guess one could say. That's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiot. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in the state of Florida. Florida. Sometimes other places. Where are we going? Michigan. We're going to Michigan, and we're going to meet a person who is nameless. We do not know the name of this person. However, we know he is a 47-year-old man from Battle Creek, Michigan. He, uh, have you seen, actually, Lori did this the other day. She showed up uh, the other day, and she was like, I haven't gotten a fashion mask yet, but I found something else I can use. Do you remember this? And she had underwear. On oh, her yeah. She had her panties on. Right. Well, this guy, he was trying to do the same thing, only he was using the kind of underwear that's not usually known for its coverage. It would be a thong, a thong, thong, thong. thong. <laughs> he was wearing a thong mask. Um, Which what? way, though? I don't know. I mean, not I like either would help. I can't imagine help. that either of them would provide the coverage necessary. Oh, I was hoping for a picture. Uh, there isn't one. Damn. But he was... <laughs> see what I did there? But... But... You really cracked that case, Colleen. <laughs> he was out and about with his thong face mask and uh, this 47-year-old Battle Creek, Michigan man when his 57-year-old friend saw him and made fun of him. Like, that's dumb. You can't you, use you that. You can't wear a thong as a mask. It's idiot. It's supposed to floss another area. Anyway, uh, he got angry that he had been made fun of, and he hit his friend in oh, the head. That's not nice. And then kicked Don't him in the it. ribs. Oh. And now there is a warrant out uh, on assault charges. Okay. Unfortunately, as I said, there are no pictures of this gentleman in his thong mask. That is a bummer. It's a bum. <laughs> I see what you did there. It's a bummer. Thongs are dumb. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, but not if you're um, like a porn star or a stripper. I mean, well, you might as well just be naked. That feels like a, a very small percentage of the general population. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I never could get into it's thongs. A small piece of clothing too yeah. um thong 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 yep. song can we go to sioux city iowa i would love to well this is the story of a crazy stupid covidian and uh, her name is sean salmon uh that's what we're 
having for dinner tonight? Are you really? What, yeah. what are you doing with it? I don't know yet. It's going to broil it. Maybe put some pesto on the top. Oh, pesto yeah. salmon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, salmon, uh, Ms. Salmon, Sean, 53 years young. She uh, was arrested yesterday, or actually Sunday afternoon after she did something stupid. Oh, uh, what'd she do? Well, here's the thing. She walked her uh-huh. to the police station okay. and got herself arrested. Oh, I mean, like, well like, done. She do, delivered do, do, herself do, there. Do, 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 and they were like, you're arrested. Um, It's what she brought with her and what she said about it that are uh, her crazy, stupid idiot status. Would you like to know what okay. she brought with her to police? Her drugs? Yes. Okay. Specifically, methamphetamine. Oh, girl. Nah. And she had some concerns about her methamphetamine. Was she a, a worried that it had coronavirus? Yes. Oh, gosh. Ding, ding, chicken you dinner get, winner. You got to get yourself in the headspace of a crazy, well, stupid idiot. She didn't really have any headspace well, uh, to spare. Yeah. So in this case, apparently, um, she goes to the police. She drives to police headquarters, asks the cops, hey, will you check my meth? For coronavirus. Oh, honey. And they were, they were like, like, yeah, we'll check yeah, it. We'll check you in yeah. as a criminal. Okay. And so um, she admitted to officers that she'd recently used uh, this substance, which, quote, appeared obvious. So obvious. Since she asked them to test her meth. Okay. I mean, like, you don't need any more hints, right? Right. Uh, she did uh, uh, get arrested and a subsequent pat down of her truck and her person. I would also like to just point something out. Mm-hmm. The logic, the flaw in the logic there. I mean, it's so obvious. There's but go so ahead. much. But if you've already had the meth... It you are then in you're worried it had something um, like it's too late now. I feel like logic escaped. Yeah, her that's what I mean. If ever it had shown up, for I don't dinner. think that I don't think logic was at the party. Uh, she was also arrested because when they patted her and her truck down, they found 14 additional grams of meth, some marijuana, and a quote large amount of drug para. My favorite word, fernalia, not funalia, parafernalia. And um, then she was uh, taken into custody. And um, oh, also, you'd be happy to know that she works at a psychiatric mental (gasps) health facility, which makes you worry about her patients. Which, by the way, okay, sidetrack, sidetrack, the show, the the docuseries that you should stream if you, well, if you feel like it, It's, it's this show called The Pharmacist. And I know I've told you about this show. Yeah. But the fascinating thing about the show is it t- it deals with the opioid epidemic. Yep. And it it sort of centers around a father who was a pharmacist whose son died um as a sort of a result of his addiction to um opioids. It's there's a part of there's that's a story in and of itself. Yeah. But in his um in his sort of vigilante investigation about opioids and how how so many opioids were getting in the hands of people who were abusing it what he found was a woman who was a doctor who had a special clinic that just people would show up at and she was just rapidly prescribing opioids like and it was this 
all night clinic where people would like show up and stand in line. They'd walk in for three minutes, come out with their prescription. It's really shocking. It is. It really is shocking. And the reason why I'm sharing it is because that story kind of reminded me of it. Like just this. Uh, th- yeah, just how these drugs get into the hands of people and how this father, just by virtue of the fact that he wanted justice for his own son, who he lost as a result of this addiction. It is a fascinating docuseries. I think that one's on Netflix. Netflix. Yep. yep. So I highly recommend that. Okay. Would you like uh, another crazy, stupid idiot? Yes. Okay. So we are going to Oregon for this one. And we are going to meet... Two people, okay, who are both committing crimes at the same place. What? Stick with me for the story. Nice. So there's a man and a woman who are arguing in a U-Haul parking lot in Eugene, Oregon on Saturday night. And the guy, as one does when they're in an argument, pulled out a firework and lit it and then threw it at the woman. What? I don't know. A firework? Yeah, a firework. She ducked. She got out of the way of the fireworks, so she didn't get hurt. And then the guy left the lot. But at that very same time, there was another guy hiding on the same lot. He was underneath one of the U-Haul trucks, stealing gas from the truck. So he's siphoning gas out of a U-Haul truck when this firework gets thrown at this woman. No, 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 Uh no, no. You want to guess? No. Kaboom. Kablamo. The U-Haul, four U-Haul trucks burst into flames. Oh my God. The guy who was trying to steal the gas was able to run away. But the thief, the gas thief, his pants and his sleeve were on fire. Oh God. Right? So imagine now the cops. Like people are like, where's the crime? Who's have, the criminal? Yeah, Which, like have, what's going on? They have no idea that these two crimes were separately happening concurrently at the same. That's what that means. That, th- that there were two crimes going on. So they're combing through the security footage and they're like, wait a second. <laughs> they're two completely unrelated crimes. They did catch the guy who threw the firework. He was arrested for reckless endangerment and criminal mischief. However, the cops have not found the gas thief yet, but it is clear that they do not even know each other. Isn't that bizarre? So weird and random. And, I know. Oh my God, they're lucky to be alive. Right? What are the odds? Yes. All right. On that note, uh, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, it is time to play a fun little game. That game we play is called the Throwback Live. Live. We're going to do that after this on My Talk 1071.